Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bill Romanowski, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Boom. Back to Radio Row at the Los Angeles Convention Center. And we are back here on Radio Row at the Los Angeles Convention Center. One of these days, I won't say Las Vegas, but uh, we are in Las Vegas, so we like to say Las Vegas. But this is a lot of fun, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Pleased to have our next guest here at our table, Ryan Leaf. And you know a lot about the Raiders. He played for the Chargers, yeah. <laughs> so you know about the Raiders for sure. I do. Uh, you know, um, I remember when I was drafted and, and a teammate of mine at Washington State, Leon Bender, was drafted yeah. first in the second round, and I just thought him and I were going to battle for a decade against each other twice a year. You right. know? And, and of course, unfortunately, he, he, he passed away before he even got a chance to, to play a game mm-hmm. for, for the Raiders. And then my career was, was uh, you know, underwhelming uh, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a definition for it. And I only got, you know, three years right. uh, and opportunities to play against the Raiders. But I, I understood and, and remember how competitive those football games were. And Charles Woodson was a part of that. And, and then watching it play out this year to end the season. Right. I was in London working for Sky Sports. And so I was up at like 4.30 a.m. Yeah. Watching Justin lead them down in regulation to tie that and go to overtime. And Wow. So much fun. Was that incredible how many fourth downs he converted? It, it was. It was absolutely <laughs> the best. Uh, drive I've ever seen in those types of conditions with that type of pressure with the playoffs on the line fourths down the touchdown pass to Mike Williams was just in between two guys right and just the confidence and ability to fire that football like that was crazy it really it really was and uh, I'll tell you being in the building it was electric it was a lot of electricity the best environment Allegiant Stadium has seen so far uh, but it's going to grow I mean in a couple of years this will be in Vegas Super Bowl 58 which I mean how, how crazy is that to think that you know Las Vegas who the NFL always closed their eyes didn't want to see Las Vegas now all of a sudden there's going to be a Super Bowl there anything that can make the NFL money they'll do they're yeah. about as hypocrite biggest hypocrites you'll ever you'll ever find these are businessmen these are billionaires for a reason right they understand what's going to and what's going to change the climate uh and structure of the nfl and and take them to to, to new heights it's gambling right and las vegas is at the center of that right yeah. and it always has been and they've been fearful of what that looks like and and so I, i'm looking forward to everything that las vegas has to offer the pac-12 has become really a big part yes. of that yep. they're, they're hosting the the football championship there as well as both the men's and women's basketball tournaments, which are which are terrific, so I, I look forward to that, and I, I love the fact that I think college football is going to start hosting some of those neutral sites where we normally see them down at Jerry World or right. other places around the country. Yep. Allegiant Field is going to be that place. Allegiant Stadium is going to be that place that that houses those opportunities. Absolutely, we have Ryan Leaf here at our table on Radio Row, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. And you know, you've been very open about your career. You've been very open about your personal life. Uh, you have the the Bus Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, uh, and I've always appreciated your your honesty and, and the way that you've been out trying to help people. So how? How did that just all come about? What made the decision like, hey, I got to get my story out? I mean, it didn't. Uh, luckily, I had people who who understood something bigger than me, right? And and kind of helped guide me and carried me to that place. And and once I did step out in the public eye and and use my platform to share my story in the hopes that somebody who needs to hear it hears it, that's that just changed. And and, and my mentors also talked to me about the only way for me to keep this this peaceful unchaotic life is to give it away and I didn't quite understand what that meant about giving it away it's 
it's you give it away to keep what you have, and and I live that to the fullest every single day. You know, and we talk, and I, I love the fact that we talk so much now about mel- mental health and mental health awareness because that's so critical. You know, and we're here in L.A. We're walking around the Staples Center last night or what used to be the Staples Center last night, but there's so many people that are dealing with mental health right now that's bad. It's it's such a huge problem here in the city, the, the homeless encampments, and it's not – necessarily because they can't afford things or they're mentally ill. Right. And we do not know how to deal with the mentally ill in this country. We we are taking baby steps towards that. When you can't see something, right, when you can't see the boo-boo, when you can't see the break or the the cut, in your, that that's hard for people to comprehend because you if, if you can't see it, you don't believe it. Right. And so that's been really difficult to destigmatize mental illness, and it's a big part of my platform and it's something I try to change every single day that – it's okay to not be okay, and if you tell somebody that, they're going to believe you because it's true. And it's just something that, you know, I think every walk of life we all need to continue to, you know, talk about and keep those conversations going because they are so important. So uh, how have you seen your network grow and just, you know, like even the Bus Podcast, how you've been able to help people? I, it's uh, Social media has been crazy for me. Because it's such a cesspool out there. Yes. Unless you do not engage in it. If you make it only about positivity, it can work an amazing way. And that's exactly what happened. If I could sit here and read you the, the thousands of direct messages I've gotten ever since uh, I, I put out Bust, the Ryan nice. Leaf story, because people can relate to the guy that messes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? It's hard to relate to Tom Brady because he seems so perfect. Right, right, yeah. Though he's become incredibly relatable the last few years for whatever reason because uh, of his interaction. Right. Uh, uh, on social media and everything like that. It, it, when you look at somebody and see a fellow flawed human being who's trying to be better yeah. any way they can, that's what makes you relatable. And that's really what has been kind of the foundation of this all. We're all the same. No one's better. No one's worse. Uh, my story may have a few unique markers, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that what I went through isn't exactly what, some, what, what you're going through. That's a, a great perspective to have. I mean, it really is, and, and it, it makes all the sense when you hear it. You know what I mean? Like, it's, when you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> duh. I just had to hear it. You know, yeah. that, that's just simple as Me that. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Like, right. you have blinders on to so many things yeah. with what you're doing in your life. You have to be hit over the head with it sometimes and maybe humbled in a way that you didn't see coming. Right, absolutely. So I definitely encourage anyone to check out the podcast, uh, Bust, on the Believe Podcast Network. Now, of course, we're here for Super Bowl 56. Rams and the Bengals, I think nobody thought the Bengals had a chance to be here when the season started, but they are. No one did. Right. I mean, a team won four games a year ago, two games a year before. Their quarterback, who was a rookie a year ago, is coming off a, a terrible knee injury. They go and draft a wide receiver when they needed offensive line right. help. Right. So all of the speculation that went into it, the difference in all this is they got Joe Burrow. That, that dude – is a different cat, right? He flat out changes the culture, changes the environment in which he walks into. Right. And we've seen it play out in real time. Now they have, and, and what it's also showcased is it showcased that this staff is really good. Mm-hmm. Zach Taylor and his staff are incredibly smart. They scheme things well. And I'll be really interested to see what kind of scheme they bring to the table this weekend against the LA Rams because that defensive front's going to be something they haven't seen right. before, right? And their offensive line has been incredibly porous and been a big reason why people aren't, I, I don't think, giving them much of a chance in this game. It feels like that. I mean, look, Bur- Burrow takes nine sacks against Tennessee, but they find a way to win. They win. Though. You know, they won. I don't think that they can get nine sacks, let the Rams sack them nine times and win the, win the game. I, I wouldn't think <laughs> they could. Right. 
but they I have. Also, but I also <laughs> didn't think that you know well, you need a, you need the opposing team's quarterback to turn it over three times, right? right? So you right. would need to get after Matthew Stafford yourself, yeah. move him off his spot, make him make mistakes. The biggest thing about Joe Burrow, even though he was sacked nine times. He wasn't out making mistakes. He wasn't turning the football over. At mm-hmm. least he understood possession football, situational football, and they got themselves into field goal range, and they have the best kicker in football right now, and he was able to help win them football games. What does it mean when a quarterback gets hit as much as Burrow did this whole season? A 51 sacks. I mean, that's a franchise record, but he still had the stones to step up and step up in the pocket and make the throw he had to. I, I just think there's a there's a ton of confidence that runs through him and his ability yeah. when, when given the time. And, and for as bad as the O-line has been, like in crunch time, in places where they needed to be great, they have been. Right. And allowed him to make the throw to get him into field goal range to ultimately win the game. And then you can't you can't talk about the Cincinnati Bengals without talking about their defense. I mean, the Las Vegas Raiders had every chance in the book right there yeah. on fourth down. Uh, Derek Carr throws the ball at the goal line. He had to take a shot. You know, you can't sit there and hold the football in the final play of the game and and the defense makes a huge play, yeah. right? Defensively, in that game against Tennessee, three three interceptions, right. right? Turnover, win that battle, and then there's not a bigger measure um, uh, of quantifiers than what they did in the second half against the Kansas City Chiefs. They held them to three points and held Tyreek Hill to zero catches. <laughs> Who so does impressive. that? It, they've done it twice this year now, right? right? They did it in Week 17 at home, too, and I just didn't think they'd be able to duplicate that, right. but they have. Their back end... The three-man rush, Trey Hendrickson in the offseason, that huge free agent signing was huge for this team. Uh, I, this game's going to be incredibly competitive. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm excited to see which defensive line makes the difference. Gut feeling. What do you think? I, I, if I was a gambling guy, uh, I'm taking Bengals plus four and a half because right. I think this game comes down to a field goal. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I, I talked myself into picking the Chiefs a year ago because of all <laughs> the things I said. Right. I just I can't bet against Joe, Joe Burrow. Yeah, I just can't. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Bengals most likely to win. I haven't decided. I gotta still gotta go watch the two teams practice. I want to see if Uzama's gonna play or not because okay. I think that's, that's gonna big. be a huge yeah, that's factor for sure. Being able to get down the middle of the field. So we'll we'll, we'll find out. Those are gonna be uh, big keys for me. You know, it's funny. I always get an uh, idea in my mind on Monday who I think is gonna win. Then by Friday, after doing this all week long. I, somebody has convinced me the other team is going to win, so I'm like, "Yep, that's what's going to happen." And then I end up being wrong. Well, I mean, all <laughs> week last, all week of Super Bowl week last year, I was talking about how um, what what it was going to take to to beat Patrick Mahomes. And right. It was because of that depleted offensive line. It was going to get pressure on him, make him run all over the football field, uh, make mistakes, uh, take sacks, and stuff like that. I talked about it the whole time, and then at the end of it, I said, "But he's just, it's I I'd been mesmerized by Patrick. Mahomes, right. Right. So therefore, I went okay." Patrick Mahomes wins this game, and that's exactly how they lost. They could not protect. They got after the. They got after him as a as a passer, and that's how they beat him. And this year, same way. I'm like, I keep telling myself and telling myself that this defensive line is going to put Joe Burrow on the ground and make him make mistakes. Right. He hasn't done it, no matter what, and that's that's a different scenario. So, we'll we'll see. <laughs> I, I'm leaning towards the Bengals right now. Yeah. Uh, because I tell you what, they're. There's, there isn't more pressure on any team than there is on the L.A. Rams because of how they mortgage their future. Yep. All the uh, assets they've added this year. If they don't win the Super Bowl, you really have to look at Les Snead mm-hmm. and and Sean McVay and have the question, like, was this season a failure? Right, for because sure. Because it's exactly the same place they were in 2018 when right. they couldn't get it done with the quarterback they had then. What's the difference now? We'll wait and see. Yeah, we will. They're, and they're the away team, but they're the home team. Yep. That's that's also another element to add to it. Well, again, Ryan Lee from the Believe Podcast Network, uh, Bust, the podcast. Check it out. Uh, anything else you want to say about it? 
it's just, you know, it's my story. So yep. it's an evergreen podcast. You can listen to it uh, a thousand times, right? It's not topical. Right. Uh, if you need it for any reason uh, and can relate to something, it's me in front of a microphone for 10 episodes uh, from the beginning of my life to where I'm at right now and uh, the ups and downs that, that every human deals with. And if it can help you, um, I, I hope it can. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you sharing your story and everything that you are doing. We do appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. There he goes. Ryan Leaf here with us on Radio, Radio Road. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Back to Radio Row at the Los Angeles Convention Center. Here's your boy Q. And we are back here on Radio Row, Los Angeles Convention Center. Just had a really good conversation with former number two overall pick. Ryan Leaf. The action is really picking up here on Radio Row. It's been a busy day today. It's going to get busier tomorrow. It's going to actually, it's going to peak tomorrow. It's going to be crazy busy tomorrow. And then Friday, it'll, it'll be busy early. And then it'll start to thin out probably around, probably around the time the show starts. I'm going to say roughness about 2 o'clock. It'll start to thin out then. But uh, expected to have Rich Eisen on the phone lines in a matter of minutes. You can hear the Rich Eisen Show on our very airwaves, Radio Nation Radio 920 from 10 to noon, Monday through Friday. goes on right before JT the Brick and right after the morning tailgate with Clay Baker. So sh- should be fun. And, hey, look, that was great timing. Glad I was said that we were about to have Rich Eisen on the show because Rich Eisen joins us now on the phone line. And, Rich, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you. And as I mentioned, uh, you can hear your show on our very airwaves, Radio Nation Radio 920. And, uh, Rich, how exciting is this week, man? Cincinnati and the Rams, Super Bowl Fifty Six. Oh, it's it's going to be uh, it's already a great week. I'm fired up for the game. Um, it's been an incredible last two rounds of the playoffs, and if um, this game can finish up similarly, last second overtime or going in overtime on the last second or uh, field goal, um, I mean. It's unreal. The last six games, the manner in which the games have been won or comebacks have been mounted, it's been unbelievable. No, it really has. And, you know, I'm excited about the game. Of course, excited about being here on Radio Row leading up to the the game. Uh, The commissioner, he spoke today, and there's obviously a lot of storylines going on besides just the game, including diversity in coaching and uh, the the lack of diversity in coaching. And uh, he he had some pretty good things to say and talked about even uh, possibly changing up the Rooney rule. What were your thoughts on what the commissioner had to say about that? Well, I'll be honest with you. I've been on a radio tour for the last two hours. (laughs) So you want to fill me in? Well, he just said that they're going to look into all kind of different uh, scenarios and that there's a possibility that he may have to uh, tweak or change the, the Rooney rule, which, in my opinion, uh, is, has been a, a plan and a, a rule that was put in place for a good reason, but has never been executed correctly. Yeah, I mean, um, if, if sham interviews are being conducted, that needs to stop, right. really. And, um, you know, it is something that, clearly needs to be addressed right when when the head coaching ranks is beyond so far away from reflecting the um the group of men that they're coaching i mean it's just not even in the same planet so um i'm glad to hear that 
Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, though, to see exactly what happens and, and how they go about it because I've said it many times, Rich, that you can't force someone to hire someone that they don't want to hire, someone that they're not comfortable with. So it's, it's clearly they've got to get people in those offices that they're comfortable with. It's just a big question. Obviously, the big elephant in the room is how do you do that? I know because, you know, people do have the right to hire who they want to hire. Right. Uh, I mean, the fact that Sean Payton leaves the Saints – so late in the news cycle, um, clearly a team is going to want to lean on continuity and somebody who did a great job on one side of the ball um, or the, the other side of the ball, if you will, from the one that Sean Payton was directly affecting as well as being a head coach. It makes sense of Dennis Allen being a hire. Doug Peterson makes a you know, terrific amount of sense in Jacksonville, Florida, but so did Byron Lefwich. Right. And you know, to be honest with you, so did Brian Flores in many places, and I don't know, you know, um, if he's going to get a spot, you know, even next year, uh, or college may have to be a place for him to go while this whole plays out if he wants to do such a thing. But yeah. um, clearly, there are terrific minority and people of color candidates for these positions who are not getting them, and you know, after a while. You have to sit here and wonder what the hell gives. <laughs> right. So um, I don't know what the fix is, but um, it, hopefully this gets uh, undertaken fast. Right, no doubt about it. Again, we're talking about Rich Eisen here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And the Raiders, they had a hire. Uh, they brought in Josh McDaniels. He was the Broncos head coach 10 years ago, went back to New England. You know, he left the Colts at the altar. Uh, it, it got mixed reviews from Raider Nation. But, Rich, when you saw that, that hire, what did you think about McDaniels? Uh, I, I was, you know, surprised by it, to be honest with you. But also relieved because I thought Harbaugh was going to be the guy and I wanted my guy to stay in college. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> Uh, and then I had no idea how to sweat out the Vikings for crying out loud. But um, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm assuming this means Derek Carr stays and uh, McDaniels brings in his style of play, and we will see how that works. I do love the uh, cupboard that my friend Mike Mayock left behind from uh, Josh Jacobs to Darren Waller to um, you know, the wide receiver group and Hunter Renfro clearly being one of them, right. and Max Crosby becoming the grown-ass man that he has become. <laughs> yes. um, Daniel Carlson, because kickers are factors too. I mean, there are a lot of uh, uh, position players of note in place here, and um, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Uh, the second go-around for Belichick worked better. Let's see if it works better in the AFC West for Josh. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. The AFC West is, is one of the tougher divisions in the league, you know, with the, the teams that they have to, to face twice a year. You know, you're looking at Kansas City, you're looking at the Chargers, you're looking at the Raiders, and then Denver, depending on what they do with their quarterback position, they might be one of those that we're talking about as well. But you, you mentioned Max Crosby, and I heard him on your show not too long ago, and you guys had a great conversation, but – how how impressed have you been with the trajectory of his uh, his career? Oh my gosh! I mean, he and Darren Waller. I mean, both um, people who are recovering and you know, and then making the most of their opportunities. It's just that's the stories that makes you want to root for somebody. That's the the want to, the desire, the the level of success. It it's just awesome, and I I I'm. I've gotten to you know have Max on a few times on my show, and he's always welcome. I just love 
his engine. I love his want and desire, and I think he's going to get better. That's the scary thing for everybody else, but not for the Raiders. I think he's going to get better. I really do. Like the I, I player of the year type better. <laughs> Yeah, you know, he, and he's he's got that. He, like you mentioned, that want to. He's got that desire. I mean, he he just wants to work, work, work. He just he just goes. That's that. He, like, he even said before the Pro Bowl, "I only know one speed. I'm not trying to hurt anybody, but I only know one speed." <laughs> I love it. I really do, and that's what you need. You need somebody, as the Rams are going to show. I think on Sunday, you need to have somebody who's a difference maker at that position. If you have multiple ones. Well, then that's even better, and that's what the Rams may show Sunday. But, you know, um, you, need, you need clearly a quarterback. You need to have somebody who puts a quarterback on, on his ass. And you also need to have somebody who can get to that quarterback um, and the person in the back end of the defense to help affect that because he covers so well. Um, that's, you know, hopefully the Raiders can improve there. But having somebody like Josh Jacobs, who reminds me of Ezekiel Elliott, to be honest with you, his physical way yeah. he gets yeah, stronger okay. as the game goes on, the way that he... He arrives with intention whenever the contact is made. Um, he's smart. He can, he can play three downs, although, as you know, he hasn't um, quite a bit. Um, but you also need somebody like Renfro who can move the sticks and then have a difference maker at a position like tight end. I mean, my gosh, I mean, Waller is up there with Kelsey and Kittle and anybody else. Um, and Carr uh, being the trigger man playing as mistake-free as he has over the last year plus. Like, let's see what McDaniels can do. That's it. That, that's all you can do is just sit back and, and watch and see how everything shakes out and what Josh McDaniels 2.0 uh, is willing to bring to the table. We're talking right now with Rich Eisen uh, from the Rich Eisen Show here on Radio Nation Radio 920. My man Damon in the home studio has got a question for you. Yeah, Rich, this is going to be a two-parter. You, t- you mentioned Mike Mayock before. Would you like to – you guys? Ha- I would like to see you guys have a reunion this year at the Combine. Is that possible at all? And when does the training for that 40-yard dash start for <laughs> you for the Combine? Okay, well, um, I think I'm going to do – you know, last year due to COVID, I did my run in April, and I think I'm going to do that again this year because um, the people who can really put money in the coffers of St. Jude – uh, like to run it themselves, and it's tougher to do that at a combine than it is in a stadium that you can just shut down for yourself, as I did last April in SoFi. So um, the training, uh, you know, even if it was two weeks from now, it probably would have begun five minutes ago, to be honest with you. My wife gets really pissed at me about that. Um, so I don't know uh, when it's going to start. Maybe sometime mid-March I can start buckling down on that sort of thing. And in terms of Mayock, you know, I haven't spoken to him since this whole thing happened. Um, and uh, I, I don't know if that's what he'd want to do. Um, if he does want to get back on the TV, boy, would I love to have him on the set at NFL Network. I mean, it's his, it's his longtime home. You know, it's our, it's our uh, spot that we helped build together. Daniel Jeremiah is in that spot right now, and he is fantastic. And people are like, well, what about Daniel? Well, Daniel, um, Mike... Uh, Charles Davis and I did several drafts together, all three rounds. So um, I'm sure if the band gets put back together, we can figure out how to do it. Um, I just don't know if Mike wants to. I don't know. That's a good question, really good question. And, uh, Rich, before we wrap this up, I just wanted to salute you for what you're doing, the yeoman's work that you're doing for St. Jude's. It's incredible. Uh, Just tell us about just, you know, the passion, what motivated you to get behind it, and and you've been going a strong force for a very long time. Well, it started in 05, uh, like many things in the television world, out of sheer boredom, sitting around waiting to do something. 
Um, and so um, it was in 2005 at the Combine, Terrell Davis, who was an analyst with us at the time, mm-hmm. sitting next to me, staring at the field, waiting about another hour and a half till we, you know, our, seg- our live show hits, and we had done all our pre-tapes, we're done, and I turned to him, I said, how fast do you think I can run the, the 40? And uh, he goes, now? I'm like, yeah, right now. And I have my suit and my lace-up dress shoes on. And he laughed, and I cursed at him, and I went <laughs> down on the field and had no idea that the um, the uh, production truck was active. Everyone was, I thought was on break. Had no idea I was being recorded uh, either. And I ran my 40, and, and uh, they surprised me with that on the air that night. Had no idea they were going to put wow. it on television. No idea. And then people saw it, and coaches came the next day and requested to see it again. And then the next year I showed up, Mike Holmgren, the coach of the Seahawks at the time, said, are you going to do it again? And I said, no, I don't think so. He goes, you have to. Like, you have to beat your time. And so I did it again, and then I did it again, over and over again. And then the advent of uh, technology of overlaying my run on top of actual runs at the 40 right. added a very comedic slapstick aspect of it. So, like, RG3 is already off the screen on his four, four, whatever he's running, and I'm barely at the five-yard line. Um, added some more elements to it, and then about six years ago, uh, it was got suggested to me, how about adding a charitable component to it, and obviously that's a no-brainer. And uh, one of the main charities of the NFL being um, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, getting sick kids better, that's, mm-hmm. that's it. I've got three kids. That's the worst nightmare for any parent. Uh, is to get a diagnosis like the ones that the parents of St. Jude uh, Children's Research Hospital children get. So we've added a charitable component to it. And last year, the pandemic, we almost raised two million bucks. I can't wow. even believe the, that number. It's insane, um, and it's daunting to even consider topping that. Um, I don't know how we're going to do that, but uh, we'll give it a whirl. We'll give it That's a word. all you could do. That's all you could do. Again, it's awesome. Uh, love the fact that you're you're doing that, and, and it's your passion. You know, it's not it's not just something that you're doing. You're passionate about it. It really means a lot. So, if anyone wants to, you know, reach out and 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 contribute, what what do they, what, what do they need to do? Oh, just go to stjude.org. Just go and donate. There go you go. It. And soon we'll put a website specifically for the for the run up. Soon enough, but. That's in future time. We got a Super Bowl coming up, and uh, that's right, days, days. <laughs> coming up on Sunday. Yes, yep. Rich. Thank you so much for your time. We do appreciate Pleasure. your work and uh, everything. Thank you. You got it. Take care. All right, there he goes, Rich Eisen. Been grinding all day long. Rich Eisen show you can hear on our airways, Radio Nation Radio nine twenty ten to noon Monday through Friday, right before JT the Brick. So good stuff from him. And I again, I I I mean it in all sincerity. What he's doing and able to raise the money that he's raising for St. Jude's and everything that that stands for is so stinking important. And, it, and it's, it's honestly, it's something that I look forward to every year, just seeing that number, you know, that, that number raised. And like he said, in a pandemic, almost raised $2 million. And it's cool to see coaches or you see owners of teams that just say, hey, we're donating $10,000 or we're do- whatever. It's awesome to see that, and, and it's just it's very important. So uh, always respect the work that uh, Rich Eisen does, and uh, is is a major major factor there. So uh, good stuff with him, uh, Demond. Thank you so much for for hooking that up. Three, what time is it? Three twenty nine is the time. <laughs> it's time to go to break. That's what Demond is telling me. All right, we'll take a break. It's three twenty nine. We're live here on Radio Row. This is unnecessary roughness. Back to Radio Row with the Los Angeles Convention Center. Here's your boy Q. QB. But I won't stop now. 
Yes. Can't stop, won't stop. That's what it is. That's the theme here on Radio Row. Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Uh, loving being out here in L.A. and uh, loving to have an opportunity to talk to so many different people, including former Raider linebacker Akbar Baja Biamila. I had to say it really slow, but I had that opportunity to talk to him yesterday. Here is that conversation. And we're live here on Radio Row. This is a fantastic time of year, fun time of year for sure, as we lead up to Super Bowl 56 in L.A. at the Convention Center right now. We're pleased to have on the phone line Akbar Baja Biamila. And Akbar, thank you so much for your time. You you are with us today because of Experian, and uh, we'll get to Experian and all the great things that they have going on in just a minute. But is this not the best time of the year as we kind of lead up to Super Bowl? Man, it, it is the best time, and especially for me, it's it's super sweet because I'm from L.A., born and raised, went to Crenshaw High School. Uh, I've been a California guy, went to San Diego State, then the Raiders, then the Chargers. Right. So I've been California my whole life, and um, it is cool to see the Super Bowl here, Super Bowl 56, and then the icing on the cake is to have a local team in the Super Bowl with the Rams. Um, it, I think this is going to be an exciting Super Bowl 56, man. No, I do too. I'm, I'm excited about it. I cannot wait, and we'll kind of break down the matchup. But uh, since you know you are a you are a Cali kid, what do you think of the halftime show and all the West Coast flavor that's going to be man. represented? <laughs> man, I, I am so excited. Look, this is this is the most anticipation of a halftime show I've had since '93 when Michael Jackson performed at the Rose Bowl. Uh, I, I remember being a kid and helping to set up for that. That was like one of the highlights of my life to be able to see something like that. And now to have the L.A. artists, yes, we're going to have some that aren't from L.A., right. but, you know, you have the the, the staple, which is going to be Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg. Um, you're going to have, uh, you know, these guys coming out and performing Mary J. Blige and Eminem. Right. But it, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. They are going to put on a show. You remember there was a time when Interscope Records ruled hip hop. Yes. I mean, they were yes. they were dominant with Tupac and <laughs> yes. you know my oldest Death brother. Row. <laughs> Death Row. <laughs> I mean, that was that was the that was the time. And my oldest brother, shout out to my brother Foley, who worked at um, Interscope Records. And I remember he would bring me in when I was in college, and I would get to meet some of the artists and you know all this other kind of stuff. And to see that some of the the Interscope OGs yeah. step up. Uh, for halftime show. I I'm looking forward to this. It's so funny that you said that because you knew an artist was legit when they were on Interscope. You just knew it. Yes. You know, if you, yep. were on, if you were on Interscope, you were a, a legit uh, artist. And so when I would get in, I was a music director at a radio station in Fresno, California, and I know when I got records in and they were Interscope, I was like, well, I got to at least listen to it. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. There was a heyday. See, I'm glad that you you have a an appreciation for that man because that was that was the highlight that was the golden years of what i believe hip-hop is now look i know i'm gonna sound like an old guy but some of this new stuff man, right. i can barely even hear what they say and like, hummina, 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 hum, yes. ha, ha, ha. i'm like what do you what right <laughs> I, man, I'm, you're singing my tunes right there. I'm telling you, I tell my son all the time, who just turned 18, I tell him all the time that, man, whatever you're listening to, this dude ain't said nothing in the last two and a half minutes. All right, right, right. It's a hook, and then they just repeat it over and over and over again. Right, right. It's not for me at all. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're on the same page right there. Again, we're talking with Akbar Baja Biamila here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And you've done so much. I mean, you mentioned playing football, but you've done so much. Uh, outside of football and, and what I've always respected from a distance 
all your grind and your hustle. What I mean, did this just come from the opportunity football kind of opened the door for you and then you just took off with it? Where did all that, you know, the hustle come from with you? Well, I think the hustle came from my Nigerian parents. My parents came to this country. My father came in 1974. My mom came in 1969. And they always kind of just kind of modeled that for me, what it means to, you know, they were underdogs. They, you know, English was not their first language. Uh, they, they had to come to this country for a better life, uh, leaving Nigeria after the Biafra War. And they made a way. They, my parents never made excuses. They taught us hard work. If one door is closed, you find the other. And um, I used that, that approach, you know, in, in, to get into the NFL. I came in as an undrafted free agent. I had to earn a spot on the roster. After I left the NFL, I, wasn't, I didn't leave with a big name. And I thought, hey, I really want to do this broadcasting thing. But how do I do it? And so whereas I know the front door was jam-packed with Hall of Famers and people right. who had, you know, playoff and Super Bowl experiences, I said, I'm just going to take the back door. Nobody was standing at the back door. So I just knocked, got in, and then just started working on the inside and working my way up. And, um, you know, that, that hustle and grind, I'm forever grateful to my father who really kind of instilled that in me at, at a young age, never – Never taking, making excuses for yourself. Like, don't feel sorry for yourself because nobody else is going to feel sorry for you. So if you feel sorry for yourself, you're stuck. Right, exactly. It's a wrap. And like I said, I've, I've always admired that, and, and I kind of live the same philosophy. Like, hey, man, I don't have to be the most talented dude in the room, but I'm going to be the dude that works the hardest. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so. I tell that to my son all the time. I was like, it's not always about the talent. It, it, a lot of times it, it's, um, it, it's that hard work because – not everybody can outwork you. You know what I mean? Some people may be born with a different talent. Some people are just a better singer. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Just better at math, better at something else. But some of them don't have the good work ethic because they've always re laid on or rested on their talent. Right, exactly. And so, uh, like I said, respected that in a major way. Thank uh, you. Seen your grind for, for quite a while. And like I said, it's inspiring. And uh, it's, it's funny. People tell me all the time, hey, man, you know, you're, you're, you're pushing me to do more. And I'm like, man, I, I'm looking at other folks, you know, and saying, hey, yeah. that grind that they have is what pushes me sometimes. And, and of course, you being a, a former Raider, and we're here on Raider Nation Radio 920, I, I got to ask you, a former Charger as well, in that last game of the regular season that punched the Raiders' ticket to the playoffs, the Raiders and Chargers at Allegiant Stadium was a fantastic game what did you think of, of of the Raiders especially the way they closed the regular season the four game winning streak against all odds and they were able to get it done man I, I gotta give so much credit to the Raiders yes they're a talented team but I I want to talk about the nucleus of that team the nucleus of that team they show that just what we were talked about that grit that fire that hunger there was so much adversity you know during the season from the John Gruden to, you know, the players getting arrested and, you know, like there, there were, there were injuries and so much. I mean, all this was happening while they were trying to keep that, that momentum going. And then they end the season strong. I mean, that just showed me that the Raiders coming in for the 2022 season, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with because I'm seriously, like, seriously, you can't even draft that. You can't, Right. manufacture that that is something that is homegrown that is built within and you know for them to have the, the the change in coaching and you know and just everything being blown up in front of them they're still playing that hard i thought they were had the opportunity against the Bengals, and clearly that slipped away but clearly we've seen that the Bengals they've they proven that they belong in the super bowl you know a lot of people don't believe in them but they uh you know they, they're there so I have a lot of faith in the Raiders that they will they will come back and um, their will to win will be great.
I agree. I agree 100%. You know, one of the things about it is uh, I, I was watching from a distance, obviously, what the Raiders did, close out the season strong, ended in the playoffs. And, look, they could have they could have beat the Bengals, but they, you know, came up a little short, and you got to give Cincinnati credit yeah. for winning that game. And, like you I, said, I they, do, yeah. they're in the, they're in the, uh, the Super Bowl now. But uh, is that something that you can repeat? Because, to me, I feel like that what they did in 2021 was special, and it doesn't happen – very often you know what I mean it just felt like they all came together uh they all had a purpose and they said we're going to get it done is, is that something that that could be repeated or or is it just one of those kind of get caught it's like catching lightning in a bottle no I, I don't know if it was catching like it was momentum right momentum yeah. is real. sometimes when you have momentum you know you can put anything in front of it and it'll just roll right over it but I think what ends up happening over time is it catches up to you when it catches up to you that momentum started to slow I mean Look, everything that they went through, um, you know, from obviously, you know, off the field issue with players to to Coach Gruden leaving and having to switch and all the hoopla around that. It wasn't just Coach Gruden getting fired. It was the storm that came behind that. And to be able to keep that momentum going, I, I mean, again, that's resilience on another level. So I, I don't know that they're able to replicate that. I think it's going to be something different. I right. mean. Because there was that residue effect. Look, say what you want about John Gruden, but he's still a heck of a coach, you know. And and this is not talking about you know the emails or anything like that. John Gruden is a heck of a coach, and I think the players embodied a lot of that, um, and they carried that with them. And and I think that's what helped them. So the secret for the Raiders will be building a new culture that looked like what they had the previous year. You can't try to make it up. You get you got to just start something new, something new and fresh. Yeah, no, you do. You do. Again, we're talking with Akbar Baja Amila here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And uh, I mentioned that you're with us because of uh, Experian.com. And, uh, you know, I'm a guy that wasn't very familiar with credit at all until I met my wife. And she said, hey, you've got to get that together. You know what I mean? She said, if we're going to if we're going to have a future, we've got to fix this. And I was like, what? I'm used to. Oh, man, I can I got cash. I can just go buy, buy this. And she said, no, 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 no. And so that's something Cute. that a lot, I love of, you, bro. a lot of young people don't know that. Right. <laughs> now, I love how you're just keeping it real because so many times so what happens, a lot of young cats, they, they want to be experts in everything. Right. But the truth is, when you're young, you don't have a lot of experience with credit. You hear about it. And a lot of times what happens is, the you know, young kids go out and get credit cards and then they see, oh, I got rejected. Why? Because you don't have enough credit. And so people are trying to figure out how do you establish credit? And what I love about my partnership with Experian is that Experian is really dedicated to helping people build credit and save money. And how do you save money? You save money by being able to get access and being able to get access to good credit. You know, you talk about the high APRs and paying the high percentage rate on credit card because your credit score is either non-existent or is because you don't have a good credit score. Well, Experian has two features, which I absolutely love. Experian Boost, which allows you to boost your credit score from just turning in and showing proof of paying your utility bills on time. Video streaming services on time like Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, just paying it on time. You can report that to Experian and you can boost your credit score. But this new program that they have, Experian Go, it's a game changer. If you never had credit, you can wear like for the people out there who don't have any credit history, they're called credit invisible. They can establish an Experian credit report and get their first FICO scores within minutes. Wow. And that's something that is, again, is going to be a game changer. So whereas you didn't have credit in a minute, you can have credit and being able to get your credit score 
at least in a position to where you can make experience. So Experian research has shown that 90% of people who uses Experian Go and connect with Experian Boost, they can become scorable in minutes and they end up walking out with a score of like 665. And that's not bad. Right. That's not bad. Like that's not a bad place to start. Right. You know, I know a lot of cats who are in the 400s and 500s. So <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty cool that you can start off there. But I like that because so many of our people, people of color, yeah. uh, one in five people of color don't have credit. That is a big issue in, in, in our, in our country. And so Experian is trying to change that. So when you look at that, that is, um, that's huge. It's a game changer. No, it really is. And it's so funny because we used to always say that, that old joke, oh yeah, I got my electricity in my, my son's name or my baby mama got this. And you know what I mean? Like, and it was always, that was keeping it real. No, that was keeping it dumb. You know what I mean? Like that was, right. that, was that was all bad. And, and, and like I said, as I've gotten older and I've learned more about this credit, how important it is. And it's a game changer where it opens up so many different avenues in life where you've got to have it, but you've got to, you've got to learn this at a, at a young age so you can establish it. So you're not trying to repair it later on down the line. That's that. That's exactly right, man. So it, it is. It, it is really being able to figure out what are the best tools um, to utilize, and Experian is that tool. That even like they've even taken it to the next level, where Experian has an has auto insurance now. They're stepping wow. into the okay. auto insurance game. So you might see me uh, as one of the the, the hype guys for Experian <laughs> insurance, auto insurance. But it's cool because they find ways to be able to help people save money, and so. That's why I've partnered up with them because I'm about really giving people an opportunity um, to be able to elevate themselves by having good credit and turning around and utilizing that to have access where we've had it, where we haven't had access before. I love it. I love it. Well, keep the grind going. Keep on doing what you're doing. Before I let you go, I did want to ask you. Uh, we talked a little bit about the game, the Bengals and the Rams. It's being played in your backyard right here in L.A. at SoFi Stadium. Uh, what's your gut feeling? I know it's early in the week, but what's your gut feeling on the game? All right, here's my here's my gut feeling. I think that the Rams are going to end up winning Super Bowl 56 in their home. I think it's going to be a big L.A. Uh, fest. People are going to go nuts. Um, and L.A., the L.A. Rams will, uh, will, will be the team in Los Angeles. Nice. There it is. Well, hey, in a couple of years, it's going to be in Las Vegas. It'll be in my backyard. So uh, we can't wait for that to come uh, come around. And, and let me ask you this before I let you go. You played in the league. Did you ever think that there'd be a time when we talked about there's going to be a Super Bowl being played in Las Vegas? No, no. <laughs> that's, that's, that's that part. I'm excited. I will be there for that. You better believe that. I and heard you that. know what? Just like we see the Rams hosting the Super Bowl in their hometown. How about the Ra the Raiders hosting a Super Bowl in their hometown? How about that? Man, that sounds great to me, and I know Raider Nation would uh, be thrilled to see that as well, uh, them hosting the game at Allegiant Stadium, the Raiders in Super Bowl 58. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Akbar Baja Biamila here with us on Unnecessary Roughness. Hey, thank you so much for your time. We do appreciate you. Great stuff as always, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks a lot. There he goes right there. That was a fun little conversation I had with Akbar yesterday, former Raider linebacker. But really, I mean, didn't play a lot in the league, but my dude uh, is a grinder. Uh, my dude finds a way to get it done, and I really respect his hustle, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of that interview. So that was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, just a pretty good way to wrap up today's show. It's been fast and furious. We've had a lot of good guests. Uh, we still have more on the way that uh, I've been, I worked on today, had interviews that I recorded earlier today that we couldn't even squeeze in to the show today. Matter of fact, uh, we'll, we'll bring it all to the table tomorrow, and if we don't get to it tomorrow, we'll close out the week on Friday with it. I mean, that's just how it is. Vinny said it, and Vinny's coming up next. 
he uh, he said it best, man. This week teaches you how to be flexible, keep your head on a swivel, survival. You know, uh, there's some other words, uh, patience, pace yourself, all that good stuff. I mean, you got to learn those key phrases and those key words when you're out here on Radio Row because it does get a little bit crazy. But Vinny Bonsignor is coming up next. He's going to kick off uh, the 4 o'clock hour with Adam Burke. He's going to tell you all about the city of Los Angeles, the host city, for Super Bowl 56. It's going to do it for me, Battleborn Insurance. Our injury uh, lawyers are our proud title sponsor of our trip here. We appreciate them for all their efforts as well. Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle on your radio next. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.